Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of the Herd Main Show. I'm your Herd Leader, John Wayne. And I'm your Herd Mom, Megan. And today we're picking up kind of where we left off last week if you joined us for our main show. If not, I'm judging you. But nonetheless, uh, we are moving on to part two of our discussion of visions of the Force. So uh, we kind of had a little break there for a while and talked about more real world, more fan based stuff, sort of, you know, more yeah. grounded. Uh, but now we're kind of spending some time talking about some lore stuff and what more confusing lore bits to talk about than anything to do with the Force. Yes, because we are internal lore libraries at this point. <laughs> um, and so uh, I overestimated how quickly we would talk about things and, and how little we would have to say about things last week for the main show. And so we didn't get through everything. We got through about half. So uh, this week we're finishing that off and continuing to talk about Visions of the Force and including one of the bigger ones for us, at least the, the vision that Vader has on Mustafar. So lots of interesting stuff mm -hmm. uh, to discuss for sure. And hopefully you guys are enjoying this. I mean, there was a time when we used to do lore pretty regularly. That used yeah. to be the most we talked about. Um, we've enjoyed venturing out and talking about more real-world stuff and, and more of less things about characters so much and more things just about us or people or, or, or fans in general and whatnot. Um, I don't exactly know the word to describe the genre of those things, but basically we're not talking about fictional characters uh, completely um, like we are here. We're talking also about how it relates to people, how it affects people and all yeah. of these other things. And so it's really interesting. Um, kind of bouncing back between the two. It feels very weird. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we, we, and I'm assuming anyone watching this, love Star Wars. And so discussing lore is also just as fun as talking about how does this make people feel and what does this do uh, to the fan base and so forth and yeah. so on. This is coffee. It makes me feel better. <laughs> we put out on Twitter asking um, thoughts on uh, specifically Darth Vader number 25, which deals with Darth Vader's vision on Mustafar. And we got a couple of cool responses that we'll talk about. But um, it doesn't have to be before the show comes out. It doesn't have to be anything like that. Anytime you check out an episode that you like, yeah. you can hit us up and, and say, hey, I actually think this, or I thought that, or I read it this way. Yeah. You know, that... We love stuff like that. Yeah, and we're going to go ahead and say it up top. If you have not read the Darth Vader series by Charles Soule, that's fine. Oh yeah, same we're thing gonna, as last yeah. week. Spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> we are going to be going into heavy spoiler territory at the end of the series. And also, it's just an incredible issue of an incredible comic. We absolutely recommend that you read Charles Soule's entire Vader series, because it is fantastic. Just everything, <clears throat> everything he's done with Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Everything. everything. <laughs> Yeah, we talked a little bit about um, a lot of his stuff yeah. in dealing with um, when the uh, Rise of Kylo Ren was announced. Yeah. Um, he's one of our favorite Star Wars writers out there. He's up there with Kevin Scott and Michael Morisi yeah. and Karen Gillan. I mean, he's among the greats. He's, he's one of the infinity stones of Star Wars writers. And um, when all of their powers combine... When Claudia Gray gets the infinity <laughs> Oh, <Gun>. no! <laughs> Exactly. Um, Delilah, like, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of really amazing writers out there. Yeah. Um, kind of what we talked about with Charles with the night. Uh, I keep wanting to say the night of the, the rise of Kylo Ren. Mm -hmm. um, 
he's gotten the privilege, but also the daunting task of writing some significant stories. Yeah. Um, you oh, know, man. writing for Darth Vader is, is a big deal. And Absolutely. how do you explore this character while not making him necessarily sympathetic, but not making him completely evil? Like, and how do you introduce something new? And uh, his, his, his entire run, but specifically the Fortress Vader stuff, Absolutely. which culminates in, in uh, issue 25, yeah. that's in, in intense, crazy, mm -hmm. no one could have thought the, these were directions of Darth Vader's story kind of stuff. It's really crazy. Yeah, and we'll, we'll do that YouTube thing where they say, all right, we're going to give you a minute to go read it. And we're back. And we're back. Uh, Welcome but, back. So, but no, it, a very good point in terms yeah. of... I think that's really the only thing super spoilery. Yeah. I'm talking about another comic, but yeah. I doubt most people have read it or are super interested in reading it, though I hope us talking about it will make you want to go yeah. read it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the rest of the stuff deals with Empire Strikes Back and Last Jedi. If you haven't seen that, why are you watching this? Whoa. Or, or listening to this, sorry. That was aggressive. Well, I mean... Yeah, we've talked about it a lot. We're I mean, it's our two favorite Star Wars movies, so it's yeah. like it's kind of it's common conversation. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, so yeah, so the uh, up top spoiler alerts. Um, but before we get into that, we'll do our usual run through of the news. We actually have a little bit more news to talk about than yeah. we have had in a while. Because news cycles be cray. Right. Um, and so, uh, starting off in book news, uh, it was recently announced: Secrets of the Jedi. A uh, new book from Mark Sumerak, who wrote Droidography, which was an amazing reference book. Fantastic. Um, details more about the Jedi, all from the perspective of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. So, Droidography is one of my favorite Star Wars reference books because it's a reference book that's not a reference book. Yeah. It's more like a journal, and it's Droidography is from the perspective of Roger, um, the battle droid companion of the Freemakers from the Lego Freemaker Galaxy or uh, uh, show, which brought him into canon. It officially solidifies. Freemakers him. kind of exists. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's all stuff like, it's not just like, oh, this is what this droid does, but it's also, I don't really like these droids. They tend to be cranky. It, it's like, yeah. it's not just fact, but it's also opinion, and it's all in universe yeah and so and that's directly translating to how he's writing secrets of the jedi from luke's perspective mm -hmm. so this is meant to be like one of the journals on octo that now ends up with ray like luke yeah. was just journaling his stuff on his sad little island and it's like it is a sad little it's island. it's super interesting and i love this I love this approach to reference books because I love reference books, but yeah. I love in-universe reference books. Yeah. Um, I'm look. I can see uh, some of my Halo stuff over there, and one of my favorite things is the Journal of Doctor Halsey, which it gives you information about Spartans, but it also it's just from her perspective. So mm -hmm. it's not just fact, but it's opinion, and it's a really interesting story dynamic when you do them do something like that. Yeah, it's like. Um the secret history of Twin Peaks. Mm -hmm. well, you got to reference something you like. So well, you is, so. isn't there like the Diary of Laura Palmer? Isn't that a book? Yeah, uh, the Secret Diary of Laura Palmer is a fantastic book. Um, is that like this, where it's from? Yeah, it's her. It's a, it's meant to be her journal. Yeah. and there's the audio logs of Dale Cooper. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's which the, is a book. Yeah. So it's not the it's the transcripts of the audio log. Yeah, from <laughs> Diane. Um, 
is the autobiography of Dale Cooper. Nice. See, stuff like that I freaking love because it, as much as I love information, as much as I love reference books for for fact and detail, I also love stuff coming from the characters or certain characters that are, I mean, arguably, what's a, who's a more, um, defining and and banner character of Star Wars than Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Everybody has their opinions. There's more characters out there that Absolutely. but but Luke Skywalker is that entry point for so many people. Absolutely. And so who better to hear about the universe as it relates to Jedi mm-hmm. than our first Jedi. I mean, yeah, there was Obi-Wan, but like I don't treat Obi-Wan as my first Jedi. He's my first mentor character. Mm-hmm. He's what made me fall in love with the idea of an old mentor. But the one who made me fall in love with wanting to be Jedi was Luke Skywalker, episode yeah. six. So, yeah, it's really interesting. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and if you watched the Star Wars saga as it is, like we watched it growing up, it really is your entry point with you. Luke is one of the first, you know... Yeah, he's meant he's meant to be relatable. He's meant to yeah. be now the beauty of Star Wars is you can step into the shoes figuratively of any of the characters. Absolutely. You can you can identify and fall into the character of Han Solo. Mm-hmm. You can fall into the character of C three PO even. But I think Star Wars has always been purposeful in Luke's generally the character you're meant to relate with. Yeah. Kind of. Because he's the one what are the freaking Jedi? What is this rebellion? Like, he's the one that in- introduces us yeah. to so much. So, um, And if you think that that's going to limit, like, they, uh, if you go to StarWars.com, they actually posted a few screenshots of the book and some of the details. It's not going to be just, oh, well, Luke didn't meet Plo Koon, so he's not going to... No, he's going to talk about Plo Koon. He's yeah. going to talk about Shakti. He's going to talk about a lot because it's also pulling information from other um, Jedi books that in-universe Luke had. Or would have had. So it's meant to be this just composition of here's everything I learned about the Jedi. Um, and it's really comparable to, uh, a, a, we've referenced Halo and, and other things, but in Star Wars there was the book The Jedi Path, which was almost a very similar thing. Yeah, it was a very similar thing, except rather than being written by Luke, it's basically, which this is just bad bookkeeping, by the way, uh, Luke gets this ancient Jedi book and decides to write notes in it. Like, <laughs> you can't turn that back into the library, Luke. You've ruined it. Well, the library was destroyed by the Empire. Right, but it so. gets you really interesting stuff because there's one point where it's like, I swear this page was ripped, uh, ripped out before I got it. It seemed to talk about the Chosen One. It's like, ooh, that's really interesting. <laughs> and so it's one of those things, if it was just a reference book, you don't get that stuff. Yeah. It, having the added layer of it being told through a character, mm-hmm. super, super, duper interesting. Also, I've been waiting for you to open that so that I can flip through it because I'm not going to open it. <laughs> yeah, it, I gotta get, I, we got to get more shelf space. <laughs> also in book news... Uh, the Art of Rebels book has been delayed again. Um, this is coming off the heels. It was announced not too long after the release of the Art of the Clone Wars book, so um, which we have, which is over there. Yay. We can reference everything. We like. It's over there. It's over there. It's yeah. a, we're surrounded by stuff, guys. We have no bookshelves, um, so our books are right And if you're there. listening to this and you're like, wait, which direction? Just think all of it. Everywhere. It's everywhere. Star Wars is everywhere. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it was announced not long after the Clone Wars art book was released, and it was originally supposed to come out in October, mm -hmm. then December, but now it has been moved till March. What? And the interesting thing is, this is causing a couple of people to believe, does it have something to do with Nine in some way that it, if it comes out before, it might spoil something? Or something to do with the Clone Wars Season 7. Also true. That's interesting. That's more believable, actually. But overall, I mean, th there's not typically with Star Wars stuff this many repeated delays. So yeah. usually it's purposeful. It's not a, oops, sorry. It's more of a, actually for better linear storytelling, we want to wait until here. Now it's an art book and you may think, well, what the heck does that have to do with lore? You know, through concept art and through discussing story elements of the show, they'll, I mean, with the Clone Wars um, book, they did the same thing to where they talked about things that connected into other areas. And so it was one of those things, if you didn't know about this thing, all of a sudden you're finding out that it comes from this thing in the Clone Wars and it's like, oops. Yeah. So, yeah, like you know. It's like those people who skipped over Rebels and the Clone Wars and then were surprised when Maul came back. Right. Well, like, yeah, if you're, if you're, if you haven't checked these things out, you can join us because we're doing a Rebels rewatch, but it's yeah. highly recommended because it's not just contained within the show. Mm -hmm. um, even Clone Wars, it branches out so spectacularly to the whole universe. Yeah. And so if you're missing out on Clone Wars, you're actually missing out on a greater Star Wars experience. I say that about, I say that about comics too. If you don't read the comics, if you don't read the books, or if you don't at least keep up with the lore of them, you're, you're missing a bigger part of the Star Wars universe. And that's not to say that you're a bad fan or you should feel bad for not doing everything. Not everybody's into everything. Yeah. But if you, if, if you want, if you find yourself wanting more of a full picture of Star Wars, um, I definitely say find a YouTuber or find a podcast that keeps you up to date with information, even if you don't read the comics and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, because it's a matter of something's going to show up somewhere and it's going to be so for instance something happened in rebels and it actually ties directly into the darth vader 25 comic and it's one of those things where it's just like if you didn't watch rebels that's all of a sudden like a what and it's one of those things where it's like there's times what uh, like you know yeah maul comes back mm -hmm. again <laughs> Again, no, so, oh, I great, can't wait. Great example. I can't wait. My, my other mother was with us when we watched Solo for the first time yeah. in theaters. And she was like, wait, that guy's dead. It's like, no. But obviously, I mean, she's not, yeah. she, she doesn't watch cartoons. She doesn't, if it doesn't have real people, she doesn't watch it. So <laughs> she, there's no way of getting or explaining to her, you know, it's just a gist of, he came back, don't worry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but for her, for in her brain, Maul, Maul is in episode one, and then he's not back until... That's her big reveal. So yeah. the Clone Wars reveal for us is solo for her, yeah. if that makes sense. Oh my that, gosh. That's a re like, can you imagine? There's yeah. three instances where you can get your mind freaking blown because of this character that survived somehow because of hate. Like, yeah. either the Clone Wars, Rebels, or Solo. Dude. It's ridiculous. I I knew that he was alive, <laughs> but I was still so freaking excited when Mother Talzin says, Here's the thing. Your brother. Here's the thing. Clone Wars was talked up. Yeah. Rebels, to a point, talked up. Or at least I can say so, I saw coming. Mm-hmm. 
Solo was the one experience where it really was a pure what? Oh I my gosh! I grabbed you when that happened. I'm sorry, I grabbed your coffee hand. I grabbed somewhere. <laughs> Whoa. No, I grabbed your arm <laughs> when it happened because I was so freaking like I was vibrating with excitement because of it mall. was it was oh my gosh kind of moment and, and the fact that it was Ray Park yeah made me even more excited and it's one of those things where it's like I'm not saying I wasn't still blown away with yeah. how he came back in Clone Wars how he came back in Rebels absolutely still crazy yeah. but Solo was the only one to just floor me completely absolutely. so totally off topic but uh, we Rebels, like Maul yeah whoops um, if you need to get by until March uh, for Rebels material then check out our Rebels rewatch happening on Fridays um, mostly, <laughs> uh, it happens at least once a week. I'll put it out there like that. Like that. But uh, let us know: Are you upset about the the delay? Do you think it's purposeful, or do you think it's just somebody forgot to put something in there? Yeah. Darn it, Bill. Um, last thing in book news: uh, If you needed another reason to pre-order Galaxy's Edge Black Spire coming out in August twenty seventh then it may help you to know that Barnes & Noble Edition comes with an exclusive poster map of Black Spire Outpost. If only we had a secret contact within the ranks of Barnes & Noble to get us one. I got a job. She got a new job. <laughs> um, yeah, so Barnes & Noble has been known to do like posters, all kinds of cool yeah. exclusives. Black Spire is coming out soon. Uh, super excited for that. Yeah, all the stuff surrounding Galaxy's Edge. This is, you know, it goes back to like with uh, Secrets of the Jedi, where it's like, in lore, it's fact, it's opinion, it's story, but it's also a theme park. It's like, it's so freaking mind mind boggling, and yeah. I am excited for it. So, yeah. um, this is a good one. The fact that we live in a time where this kind of immersion is possible with Disney is incredible. Like, yeah. if you look back at the last fifty years of Disney, it's Something about like about I mean, the 60s, the 60s, mm -hmm. the last however many years. It's wild how much the park has progressed, and right. even just like going on the carousel of progress is fun. <laughs> it's to progressed. Me. No, uh, yeah. well, what's interesting is it went from theme park to immersion park. Yeah, it's not just about go ride this thing, have fun, meet these characters, but it's yeah. also feel like you're in. A story feel like yeah. you are a prince or a princess or a character almost when you walk into Animal Kingdom which in my opinion has the best immersion before Galaxy's Edge you feel like you're walking into a you know a tropical it's a area whole it's a whole new world you're looking around and you're seeing palm trees and these little bungalows where people are selling the things. tree of life the, the freaking tree of life is so huge and beautiful it's amazing I hate <laughs> the bugs. Is that still there? Yes. Oh, okay. Unfortunately. Oh, it was the stitch one they got rid of. Yes. Um, yeah, it's really interesting because there's always this yeah. element with fandoms of I met <clears throat> this character from this thing. It's not, you know, you, there, there's always been that kind of yeah. on the fringes. It's almost like it's real kind of stuff. But then there's now this whole world where I read about this in a book. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, that's where Vimerati shot Stormtroopers in that one thing. Like, that's where Afra met Doc Ondar for the first time. Like, it's stuff like that where it's like, you're not just, like, on the fringes anymore. You're in 
Yeah. You're in this fandom. You're in this world that you love so much. It's crazy. Yeah. Although I will say, it is a little bit about meeting characters too. Because when I rounded the corner when we went to Epcot and I saw Daffy Eric Donald, Jesus. Donald Duck standing in a poncho and a sombrero. I squealed like I was meeting an actual celebrity. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm not trying to subtract yeah. from but I just mean it's like that used to be kind of the closest you could get yeah. to, like, stepping into, you know, this mm-hmm. world. Whereas now, you feel like a character yeah. within this like, whole thing. You go up to a cage and there's a loft cat. Mm-hmm. Breathing and moving in a cage, and it is wild. And I mean, and again, it's it's all still fake. It's all still, you know, it's all experiential. But it's still one yeah. of those things where it's just like the, you still can't quantify the the feeling. Yeah. And you know, it's just one of those things where it's like I can't explain why Disney makes me happy and Star Wars makes me happy like that, and why seeing stormtroopers is so emotional. It's just it's a thing that viscerally happens mm-hmm. around Disney and Star Wars for me. So it's it's one of those things where it's like Disney's only escalated that over time. And so. get ready to see a lot of that when we go to Disney next year. Yay! So we're gonna be documenting that. It's gonna be a lot of sobbing. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, so, uh, but that's it for book news on TV news. Star Wars rollout! Yay! Yay! I, I left that one for you because I know you were excited about that one. I am very excited about that one. Um, so, there was a little bit of saltiness going on on Twitter. As is usual. As is per usual. There is a new show coming out where all of these Star Wars characters are... They look like BB-8. They look like BB-8. They're balls. They're it's little roly balls. It's so freaking cute. <laughs> It melted my eyeballs, and I had it, to grow them back. I, I have the same dilemma I have with VeggieTales, though. I'm like, how do they hold things? Like, what? Don't worry about it. What? <laughs> <laughs> Where are your hands, Ray? It's it's like that joke in... Uh, Finn can no longer take her hand because she doesn't have any. She's a ball! Good. Um, <laughs> it's like that joke in VeggieTales, in the, the toy that saved Christmas or something. Uh-huh. Where like they're on the sled and they're all tied up, and Junior turns to Bob and says, "This is a job for someone with hands," and they all just look at the camera. Like zoom in. <laughs> uh, anyway. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, there were. I'm not gonna say that a lot of people. There were a handpicked few people. There's always who, some. There's always some who were upset at a children's show for very small children. <laughs> that it wasn't for them. Because it's for children? Because it's for children. <laughs> um, or, you know, anyone who wants to see cuteness like that, I'm going to be watching it because look at it. It's yeah. so precious. It's much like, and I think Galaxy Adventures gets away because once people saw, oh, snap, this is cool. It is gorgeous It, it quiet, quieted down a little yeah. bit. But, you know, uh, it's, the sim- it's a similar reaction to where, like, we're excited not only because we're like, oh, my gosh. This looks cool, but it's also, we have littles in our life where we're like, oh my gosh, another way we can help. Yeah. We're, like, we're forcing, like, we're not trying to recruit no. them, but, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things <laughs> where it's like, oh, another thing that yeah. so-and-so can watch or so-and-so can experience, and it's like, cool. Yeah, I mean, there is absolutely nothing wrong and nothing to complain about with a child experiencing Star Wars for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, the, and this is just another way for that to be possible. Exactly. You can point at a character on the screen and be like, you know who that is? That's Rey, or that's Darth Vader, that's Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Which, Which we almost we trained almost our uh, nephew <laughs> yes. on Boba Fett. 
because so I was wearing a shirt and it uh, had different characters' faces. It had Darth mm-hmm. Vader, it had a Stormtrooper, it had Boba Fett, it had uh, Chewbacca, and it had Han Solo. And whenever I'd hold him, he'd point at Boba Fett, and he thought it was like a button because every time he pointed, I'd say Boba Fett. And it got to the point where I would just say Boba Fett, and he would point, and it was so <laughs> awesome. I was just like, yes. Fun fact about this shirt: this was the shirt that you were wearing when we met. Yep. I've had it that long. Yeah, it's a good shirt. It's a nice shirt. That's what that's what pointed you out to me. There you go. It's your Vader shirt. But yeah, it's... It looks it, like a cute show. It looks like a really cute show, and it's just another way to share Star Wars with the little ones in your life. Yeah, so uh, if you got little ones, check it out. Um, it looks it looks fun, uh, yeah. which it's got to be better than... What's what's the... the Club Babu. Club Babu. It's got to be better than that. Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> we watched so much of that when we were with family recently. I will chop off my leg if I never have to see another. See, here's the thing. When, when you've got chance. littles in your life, yeah. what you find is whenever they're around, they dominate the media, media in which you consume. So TV yeah. is not for the adults when kids are around. Except for Asher. Like, I put on, like, um, Asher is well, yeah, little Bob Ross. Nephew. I put on Bob Ross, and he was just like... Yeah, that's not common. But like, it usually has to be loud, colorful, all this other stuff. Yeah, and so, whenever we were gathered, you know, what was on TV was boom, boo, 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 bamboo, Club babu, babu. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and it's like it's just the they've same. only got three ideas, guys. Baby shark, <laughs> right? Baby shark, baby dinosaur, baby monster truck, baby fish. Like, it's ridiculous. It. Oh my goodness. So. Just imagine replacing that with Star Wars. Right. Like, come on. I Who see. wouldn't? No downside. Exactly. Um, so, also in TV news, uh, Resistance season two trailer dropped. Oh my what? gosh! I had no, I had no preparations for this. I was at work, and it, it's become more common now that stuff like that happens, and I'm like fumbling over my phone to get to Twitter or to get to the YouTube channel to fu- to to watch or stuff. Like, yeah. and and everybody's like. Oh my gosh, is everything okay? Because usually yeah. I react that way to stuff at work sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <gasps> but like, yeah. it's like, no, it's Star Wars this time. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> and usually you can tell it's Star Wars when I when I call you in the middle of the day, be like, did right. you see? Did you see this? Did you see? Yes. <laughs> um, so we've got everything from new First Order troopers, which we had the scuba trooper last time, which mm-hmm. I just love specialty troopers. Like, I grew up in the day of, and I think I said this last time, I grew up in the day of G.I. Joe. There was a trooper for everything. There was a trooper for getting toast. Like, it's ridiculous. But you best believe I loved and collected yeah. every one of them because it's just like, this guy can only scuba dive. Yeah. What if he needs to fly? No, there's a flying guy for that. This is the scuba guy. Yeah. Like, it's like <laughs> Unless you need to get coffee or toast, then you send a botham. Right. Yeah. I sent a botham for coffee and toast once. They never came back. Last time I asked a botham to do anything. Um, but it's one of those things where it's just like, I love... I, I, you don't typically get that with yeah. adult Star Wars stuff. It's like, no, you just got the trooper. Yeah. Like, as if you look at it, like, in the original trilogy... What variations did we really get? We got the Scout Trooper, which was for the Jungle Planet. Makes sense. We had the Snow Trooper, which was for the Snow Planet. Makes sense. We had the Sand Trooper, which was for the Sand Planet. Makes sense. It was just a matter of, hey, Bob, go change your outfit. You're going to a different planet today. Yeah. When you get into kids' stuff, good lord, there's so many freaking variations and varieties of uh, troopers and all this other stuff, and it's just like, I love it. So we've got a new one, and they're, like, gray and cool-looking, and it's just awesome. They are very cool. 
Um, we see uh, some bounty hunters, including the Crimson Corsair, which I love. Um, and also, the big reveal, we get Kylo Ren showing yeah. up. I feel like he's only going to get the one scene that we kind of get teased, but that's fine. Maybe. Animated yeah. soft boy Kylo Ren? Yes. <laughs> he looks extra soft in this, Edgy but he's still but he's still intimidating because he gets a really cool, and I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen the trailer, but he gets a really cool bit at the end of the trailer that I love, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, oh, yeah, being a bad boy. Um, <laughs> edgy, edgy soft Now, boy. the biggest thing about this trailer is it's the final season. It's revealed to be the conclusion of Resistance. I'll say final with air quotes. No, it's it's definitely done. The the second and final season. Mm. Yeah. We got a firefly that's, situation going on. <laughs> right. I that's don't the, like, I that's, was watching that. That's the general reaction from everyone. Is like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah, apparently, um, we don't know all the fact, the behind the scenes stuff. Well, the, you know, uh, Jen Marie on Twitter. Um, who does a lot with like the Wookiee Gunner and, and a lot of just Star Wars new stuff in general um, pointed out like sometimes stories just have a very specific and clear beginning, middle, and end and yeah. that's it and it's not meant to be a 20 season thing it's not meant to be 5 years it's just meant to be for that time yeah. and I think that's just what this is it's, it's, it's sad but it I'm sure they will do it well enough to feel right regardless. I mean, it's kind of the same thing where it's like, it was the same mixed emotions of, wait, Poe Dameron's comic series is ending. Why? It's so great. But, you know, Charles Soule was like, well, if it goes past this, it's not going to be any good because yeah. this is the ending we've been working for. So if we go much further, who I can't guarantee quality. Yeah, I mean, it's like, there's so many things that went past the end of their story and it shows went down in quality quite a bit to a CIS oh yeah we went two different directions but <laughs> we yes. went very different directions but it's just I think that a lot of people have issues with closure of you know things that they are enjoying like yeah. the ending of the Skywalker saga it makes a it's lot of people anxious. It's though. not the end of Star Wars. It's not the end of Star Wars. But it can not. feel it. Well, and Star Wars has kind of trained us that way, yeah. though. Like, when you look at all the years of Star Wars media of any kind, or Star, yeah. you know, Star Wars story of any kind, it's a lot. It yeah. goes on for a very, very long time. And even when one thing ends, it goes directly to another thing. So it's like, we're kind of trained yeah. to want long-term commitment from a Star Wars show or a Star Wars story and all this other stuff. Yeah. So... It makes complete sense, and it's kind of, you know, I mean, even even if it feels right, I'm still going to be like, man, I wish we could have gotten more. But at the end of the day, yeah. if it's right, it's right, mm -hmm. you know. And I mean, I would rather them end it where it needs to end and where it should end, rather than just continue to go on. We're excited um, for Resistance season two. Uh, let us know what you guys thought of the trailer because there's a lot going on. Yes, there's a lot going on. Um, as for when we will start talking about resistance we're still figuring that out um originally we kind of planned to do both rebels and resistance but just the way things are stacked with life i feel like that wouldn't go well mm -hmm. so we're probably going to wait until after rebels and mm -hmm. i mean we're talking about rebels late sure but i feel like we're just going to take the 
back the, you know we talked about Clone Wars we wrapped it up now we're you know just move on after we're done because um, we want to give Rebels its attention we want to give Resistance its attention and at least this at this point we know when we start talking about Resistance Resistance will also be done to the point that hopefully we should be able to avoid spoilery territory and you know all of that stuff so yeah while talking about knives out director yes. and uh, writer ryan johnson actually had something to say about the star wars trilogy he's working on he said i think that the fun and challenging part of it is to dive in figure out what's exciting and then figure out what's it going to be we're doing something that steps beyond the legacy characters what does that look like? To me, the blue sky element of it is what's most striking about it. I know the way that I'm coming at it and what's fun about it for everyone in George Lucas's films is figuring out what's the next step. It'll really make you think and figure out what the essence of Star Wars is for me and what that will look like moving forward. So it's not a whole lot, but what is interesting is the language of moving beyond the legacy characters. Mm -hmm. So just firm planting on that motif of it's not going to be the Star Wars we know. It's going to be different. Now, it's going to be new. Yeah. Now, what's really interesting is a lot of the language seems to suggest moving forward. Yes. Not backward, but forward, storytelling-wise, in an element of we're moving past the time of legacy characters. Mm -hmm. Not we're going back, but uh, so it seems like this is going to be years after the sequel trilogy years after Rey and Kylo, or at least that's how I read it. It seems to suggest, it doesn't sound like someone who's like rewinding Star Wars, it sounds like someone who's fast forwarding, yeah. going ahead in the timeline, which <sighs> I really wanted him to do Old Republic. I know, baby. But I, I have the confidence in that anything he does is mm -hmm. gonna be good. So I'm excited in general, oh, um, but what, what do you think of the idea of moving that direction? I think for, you know, a lot of people, myself included, there is a certain apprehensiveness with the idea of moving past what we know. Like, we know the timeline of the Empire. We know what happens, when it happens, where it happens. But this is something completely different, something completely new. We don't have any reference books for that, mm -hmm. so we don't know what happens. Um, so it's, it's a little daunting, but at the same time, I'm excited for something new. Yeah. I'm excited for new characters that we've never met before, you know. I, I'm glad that it looks like they're going to focus on both ends. If Benioff and Weiss are looking to um, do storytelling in the Old Republic, great, I'm excited. Mm -hmm. If they're looking to, if Ryan Johnson is looking to storytelling past what we know, I'm excited. Um, I, I can't wait to know more for sure. Um, we know 2022 is the first next Star Wars thing. Yes. Um, so luckily there's time between for things to settle, for, for um, things to be done well, mm -hmm. thought out, and all this other stuff. So, yeah. um, And I, I hope that they'll be very vocal throughout the process. I mean, it's a better gap than 19, or no, not 19, uh, 2003, mm -hmm. 2004 to 2017. Well, there was Clone Wars in between. There was Clone Wars in between. Which was 2010. So there was a seven-year gap there. There was a 10-year gap between six and one. I got what, my oh you're oh you wrong. mean you mean movies well I mean yeah movies. it's still it's yeah. still it's still what twelve years it's yeah. still twelve years um, 
between films, but mm -hmm. yeah, just in general between Star Wars, like you yeah. know, it a couple of years is fine. It's fine comparatively. So that's our news. Um, so we're gonna transition into our main show. This is just for the podcast because I have to insert an ad where I sell you something right Goodbye, here. Goodbye, ad. So like we said in the beginning, uh, we're kind of continuing just off of our topic from last week where we're discussing the Force and visions of the Force and all of that interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, and if you weren't with us for that, it is interesting. Uh, we, we had fun. Mm -hmm. We had fun talking. We did. We had a lot of good theories. Um, yeah. We talked a lot. I'm still very proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that was, that was, that was nice. That's the kind of get things you get when you just chit chat about stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of cool input too, and interesting stuff, and and we hope that continues with this in terms of what did you think, yeah. what, how did you interpret this, and all this other stuff, and and hopefully the stuff that maybe we talk about is where it's like I didn't know that happened. Yeah. First of all, sorry for the spoilers, but uh, also hopefully it pushes you to go check it out and go towards those things uh, and whatnot. So yeah, just interesting stuff. There's a whole Wikipedia out there for you to yeah, enjoy. Yeah, there is. It's sometimes a better source than StarWars.com's um, databank. Because yeah. the databank stuff's like this, and Wikipedia's like this. Yeah, because it, does, it has the benefit of being built by fans, which can be a detriment sometimes, but is usually a good thing. Yeah, well, um, yeah, the, I mean, there's just way more, yeah. like, all the detail you could ever want. And you can... Uh, you get the EU version, then you get the canon version. Mm -hmm. It's in a very well, in tight the same tab. Package. Like you get, like if you go to Anakin, yeah. you get a canon, and and you can switch tabs over to Legends, and it's like mm -hmm. super convenient. It's love it. Convenient. I love it. I love it. I love it. So good job, Wikipedia. Good job, Wikipedia. Um, so anyway, so uh, kind of c coming off of our news, uh, mm -hmm. we talked about Secrets of the Jedi book, which, um, like I said, has they put out screenshots of the book which is what got me more excited because uh, seeing the detail of what's going on and also the beautiful art that's going yeah. on like did, did Luke are we supposed to believe Luke drew this <laughs> what or did he commission an artist and then kill them so that they wouldn't tell anybody about it like what I mean I think the only thing that Luke can draw which we might see in some of the notes he draws sand he, <laughs> <laughs> he draws little piles of sand and, like that cool S thing Right, so yes. people can do that I can't do. Exactly. Um, but no, anyway, there's beautiful art and whatnot. But uh, the book, one of the screenshots actually deals with maybe, uh, like some force powers. And one of the ones that deals with is force vision. So I wanted to mm -hmm. read that here, uh, kind of open us up a little bit. So, visions. Jedi are known to have elaborate and often cryptic visions of the past, present, and future. These visions can cover uh, uh, can occur at any time, but are particularly common during meditation or sleep, or upon entering a location highly attuned to the Force. They can serve as grim warnings of what is to come, but they also hold secrets and solutions that can aid the Jedi in their quests. Although they uh, are filled with deep meaning, these visions can be just as mysterious as the Force itself. I've had my fair share of them over the years and have often left myself with more questions than answers. Hmm. And then there's some Oravesh down here. Yeah, it's just a quote from uh, Yoda. It says, a Jedi uses the Force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. I translated it, yes. Good job. Because anytime I see Oravesh, I'm like, ooh. Uh, <laughs> it was just a quote. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but so... I thought that was an interesting way to open up um, 
would have been nice to have last week, just saying Star Wars. But it's it's a nice start-off point because, I mean, Luke just kind of... I mean, that's it. That's, now, unless the paragraph goes to the next section, um, I don't know, but that's kind of all he has to say about it, which is kind of most of what we know. It's yeah. the Force is talking at you about something, but you don't get the whole picture of it. Yeah, it looks like in the next paragraph there's a mention of the Force Priestesses. Yes, there is. So the... A section right next to it deals with uh, the Force Priestesses and, um, well, really, it the Force Priestesses and uh, Force Ghosts. Cool. So, like, the idea of Force Immortality and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get Luke Skywalker talking about Qui-Gon Jinn, which is really cool, talking about Force Priestesses, which is really cool. So mm-hmm. it's really nice connective tissues. Um, so this is m- meant to be an encapsulating beginning to end to Jedi. Yeah. kind of stuff, which is really, really cool. Um, but the picture uh, shown with Visions uh, is actually a picture of Yaddle, which is nice. There's not enough Yaddle stuff out There's there. There's really not. Um, but yeah, so Force Visions are a weird thing. <clears throat> They're a weird part of the Star Wars universe and lore to where, you know, we talked about last week of uh, Ahsoka's Visions, which were m- very much helpful in here's something that's going to happen that you can prevent kind of stuff. Um, there's also visions of, that are just, here's this bad thing that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really interesting. You know, I mean, it's one of the, the force works in mysterious ways. Like, yeah. that's not an answer, Bob. Um, no. It's just one of those things where it's like, yes, but, like, no. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's just really interesting. And it's okay not to know. It is, and and this isn't necessarily a conversation to end with. And now we understand the Force! Because we're never going to Um, understand the Force. It's more of a, how do we understand with what we have the Mm -hmm. Force? Not, like, that's not going to be the end-all, be-all, let's write a book and copyright it, because there's nothing new going to happen with the Force, no. It's more of a, currently, this is kind of the understanding because it's one of those things of what what's the intention? Um, because yeah, she's just super comfy over there. She made a weird face. Sorry. <laughs> um, it like why why this vision? Mm-hmm. Why why this information? Why? Because you know we talked about um, Cyphodius. Yes. Not seeming to be able to control it. So it yeah. in that instance, it's a matter of okay, so. He's getting these horrible visions, but it's not like the force is pounding that in him. There's something causing that to happen. Yeah. So it's more of a like, this isn't normal. But then there's also like, why did the force choose to show Anakin about his mother and about Padme? And Would it be at all surprising if in another piece of Star Wars media, it comes back that it wasn't just Siphonius. He was being pounded by... Plagueis, or Palpatine, even. Plagueis would have been dead by that time. So really? Pa- yeah. When did Plagueis die? When, when um, Palpatine was still like, fairly young, I assume. He was, you know, he was an apprentice. That's how he became the master. Point still remaining. What if, you know, he had been given no, yeah. those visions by yeah. intention? Well, how, how would you feel if it comes out to where we find out a vision that we couldn't understand or couldn't explain? It was just something someone else facilitated. Do you, do you think that's possible, even? Absolutely. I totally think that that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if, 
you can manipulate life with the dark side of the force. Why can't Supposedly. you? Supposedly. I'm just putting the technicality out okay. there. We don't know. Why not manipulate, you know, the internal workings of the force? Yeah. I mean, I can see some people thinking of it as a cop-out of, ah, of course it was Sidious. Yeah. But... You know, it's I, a means to an end. Well, I would rather, in some instances, I would rather that because when we see stuff to where it, like it seems to be no good or light or positivity to this instance of the force, it just seems to be kind of bad juju. I would almost rather that be manipulation from someone on the dark side rather than manipulation of the force because, you know, I I touch on a few times. Like, I think about the morality of the Force kind of thing. Like, how can we trust the Force if it has a weird moral compass in terms of, yeah. hey, allow all of this suffering to happen, but also try and prevent suffering? Yeah, and it's one like, of those things. Like, Sifedes' visions just seem to happen to him, you know, after a certain time. Like, when he's an adult, he just sort of Right. Well, and it can also, it can also be a matter of it, he's connected to the Force unnaturally, and that's why it's happening, but it could also be he's more connected to the dark side of the force and that's why it's like because yeah. that was something you talked about last week in the idea of like if the light side can give help and visions then technically since there's no light without the dark like the force is both sides it's yeah. all of it then technically the dark side could do the same thing you know so yeah <laughs> but it's one of those things, like, do you think if, if someone received a vision through the influence of the dark side of the Force, mm -hmm. do you think that that's, like, surprising to the Force itself? Like, and, and this is where it gets interesting, because there's so many layers to the Force. You can talk about the Force like yeah. it's its own character, but you can also t talk about the Force like it's just this thing. It's, yeah. uh, it's an object, it's an energy. So... For, for, for the sake of conversation, mm -hmm. imagine the Force as a deity, as a as an yeah. entity. The Force is sitting back reading a newspaper in his or her or their armchair. Yes. Just so like, hmm. The Force is, is, is a character. Yeah. Now, in that instance, it would seem like, do you think that the light side can do anything without the dark side knowing? And do you think the dark side can do anything without the light side knowing? As in... Is the Force one with two personalities? Is the Force schizophrenic? Or, or, I'm sorry, bipolar. Or is it a matter of there's two that together make up one? My brain hurts. <laughs> Ryan, like, I don't... Let's talk about Grievous. Come on, St. Patrick. <laughs> uh, we need St. Patrick to come in and clear this up. Explain to us the, the essences of the, the for persons of the Force. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's the whole God that's is like a, a trinity joke, thing. by the way. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, God that's, is a God is a shamrock. That's the reason that the shamrock is a huge Irish symbol because of Saint Patrick. Yep, and because he came in and he's like, "This is God," and everybody's yeah. like, "What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I eat those." No. Yeah, shamrocks. <laughs> it's three leaves, but it's the same. It's one plant. Which is modelism, it's not an accurate description of no. God, but it's an example. It's an um, example. So, but it's one of those things to where, so, so it's, a, it's a similar mind-boggling conversation, because it's like, wait, okay, so apparently Jesus is God, but also not, and also the Son, but also the Father, and... Yeah, it's like so, that truly and properly kind of stuff. Right, so, just, 
Is, so Melts like my brain. Is there sides to the force? Is there different intentions of the force? Or like, cause it's really weird. I think the intention of the force is to further the force itself. Well, because well, like with when we add in Mortis, it gets even weirder because in that instance, it seems to suggest three persons. It seems to suggest this trinity of the force kind of style. So it's a matter of yeah, kind of the dark side could do something and the light side not know yeah or vice versa but if it's one then it's like it's not a surprise when the force does this thing mm-hmm. like it's like the, the force made anakin so the force can't be surprised by anakin's existence that kind of thing like wait what yeah you know what i mean i don't know so so <laughs> <laughs> let let us know what you think but it's just it's it's one of those things where because yeah. i was thinking about that from the conversation of Cyphidias last week, yeah. if the dark side is doing that, does the light side not know? <laughs> you know what I like? I like coconut milk in my coffee. <laughs> I guess that's the closest we're gonna get. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to avoid my eyes melting out of my head. <laughs> Like, in the last five minutes, or not five minutes, the last 15 minutes of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where her eyes catch fire, because she's filled with too much knowledge. Yeah. I made that That's reference. what's going to happen if we understand the Force. Yeah, I That's made that reference like. the other day, and nobody got it. <laughs> too much knowledge. Too much knowledge. Um, so, finally, we can reveal why, if you've been wondering, uh, Grievous is on our shelf, which our shelf here behind us is themed off of our topic. So... We've already said we're talking about Anakin, Darth Vader, and all that stuff. We mentioned Yoda last week. Up there's Luke on Dagobah uh, and whatnot. And over here's Darth Maul. We talked a lot about Darth Maul, which was really interesting last week. So what about Grievous? Um, Well, one of the um, stories that gives us a glimpse into visions of the Force and, and whatnot that I wanted to talk about is from uh, Age of Republic Grievous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a comic from the Age of Republic series that we highly recommend because that's what gave us a really interesting conversation with Darth Maul last week. Yes. Um, now with Darth Maul, it's a different subject. With Grievous, it's more a matter of, this is just stinking interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's like the Force putting Grievous in his place. Yeah, because literally, General Grievous has a vision through the force. Yeah. Like, it, it's one of those... What's interesting about this, much like last week's conversation of Jen Erso having a vision of the force, it's one of those, like, this yeah. This really branches out our understanding of the force because Grievous isn't a Jedi. He's not a Sith. He's not even force-sensitive. Yeah. He doesn't believe in those stuff. I mean, and believe in it in the sense of, like, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's for Jedi, but it doesn't make you, you know... more powerful than me. Yeah, Grievous modified himself by, you know, adding on more and more and more Cybertronic... That's not the word. Cybernetic. (laughs) Cybertronic is, like... He's a robot! He's a robot! (laughs) Uh, He added pieces to himself to make himself so... I'm not going to say inhuman, because he's not human. Faster, stronger. Exactly. Quick, you know, uh, better reaction. Like, you know, he basically tuned himself up. Exactly. And he chose that Mm -hmm. versus, you know, the the Legends. Where it was, he accepted it as a means of getting his revenge on those that made him that way, only 
he didn't because he thought the Jedi did it, but it was really Count Dooku. Yeah. Now, I'm usually a big advocate for the legend side. I always found that more interesting. Yeah. This comic really helped me with accepting and appreciating the, the canon story. Yeah. Because that's the whole reason I think that this weird vision thing works. So, and it's funny you mentioned Indiana Jones, because it's kind of an Indiana Jones episode with Grievous. He's, for some reason, going into this temple, this Jedi temple. Yeah. It's a lot of, you know, traps and all this other stuff. And it's it's really interesting, because you should only be able to get through this with the Force, but he's able to do it. And it's, it's like... Because of his enhancements. Right. So it's like this prideful thing of, haha, I don't have the Force, but I still can beat your little tricks, Jedi. Yeah. Um, but then he gets to a point, it's really interesting it's there's this waterfall and he go he like he touches the waterfall and it's like i don't feel anything yeah which you're a robot grievous come on no i'm sure he's got like feely bits but it's like he when as soon as he touches it's like it's almost like it's not there yeah and so all of a sudden he passes through and this connects a bit to what we're going to talk about with Vader in a minute, because it's almost like he's in this whole other plane. He's in this whole other world. Yeah. And the most interesting thing I'm going to go ahead and say about this is it's just this idea that the Force is talking to Grievous. Yeah. It's super stinking interesting. This, yeah. I don't think by the end of this we're going to reveal anything that's like hugely ground shattering. It's just, it's mostly just character development wise that this mm -hmm. is really interesting. Because one by one, his cybernetic, yeah, cybernetic parts start to like. It's a podcast. You don't gotta be specific. We don't get paid to be specific. I like his robot bits. His robot bits. His robot bits. They start falling away, and he becomes his, you know, organic form, which is you know the warlord. Wait, that's the first canon. That's the first appearance. Exactly, and but it's it based rad. Yeah, it's based off the legends one, which I really appreciate. Oh yeah. Thank you. Um, but okay, so there's that cool bit, like, oh, this is and who you, this is who you are. And then his organic parts keep start falling off, and he's just like, and the whole bits and pieces. The whole time, the fort, and no, and you see that, like, there's a yeah. floating eyeball, and you see this, and the whole time, the force is talking to him, and the force is like, you're so small. Yeah. You're still, like you've yeah. done all these things and like all this to stuff. What end? Right, and it's like, you're you're still nothing. Yeah. And you're still organic you're still going to die eventually like you're still just parts and pieces it's like what <laughs> what and and, and the vi visuals of this the it's visuals of this comic beautiful so even the instances of grievous just crawling around the temple and all this mm -hmm. like the art in this is amazing but specifically the parts where he's being deconstructed trippy af it's like oh my goodness yeah. and so and then it's just done it's just over. He gets out of the vision and starts destroying the temple. Yeah, he just he's just like, have that. And, yeah. and he blows it up. And it's just like... But in the wreckage that you can see, the last panel is the same light that was in the middle of the waterfall just rising up out of the wreckage of the temple. Mm -hmm. That's the most poignant point, in my opinion. It, it's, really, it's really interesting. It's all about character development. It's yeah. all about character development for Grievous. But it's just really interesting that... He stumbled into this presence of the Force, mm -hmm. and the Force was like, oh, you're insignificant. Yeah. 
that like super judgy and it's just one of those things yeah. where it's like, but it's one of those things where it's like I mean obviously I don't think the force did that thinking oh it's gonna change his mind no there's no reversing it but I think the board the force was more communicating like you've done all this and yeah. you're still gonna die like you're still just parts and pieces yeah. and I mean I think most of what the force visions we see in canon are are just communications of the truth and what that means to various different characters. Like, what we see with Grievous is him facing the reality of his situation. He has done all of this stuff. He's done everything he can to quell the fear inside of him that he can't do everything, that mm -hmm. he is going to age, that he is going to, you know, deteriorate. Yeah. And like, then he literally deteriorates. Like, no matter what he could have done mm -hmm. and did do, like, he's still who he was. Yeah. And his, I think the big thing, too, is your attempts at being more than you are yeah. are insignificant, too. Because, um, I mean, yeah. it's one of those things that you see often, too, of, like, it's like, it's not just that you're insignificant, but, like, you're, you trying to be better makes you even more insignificant like it doesn't work and i mean it sounds like all harsh and judgy but it's just one of those realities like i think for human existence would be a matter of hey change something but yeah. for grievous it's more of a no nah, you're gonna die one day dude yeah all of this isn't gonna save you it's not gonna make you god it's not gonna make you immortal it's mm -hmm. not like you're still gonna you're still gonna die yeah. and and i think that's the matter and I think that's why he's so aggressive with it at the end of just like trying to destroy the temple because it's like, nuh-uh, have that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, like. Yeah, and I even think about, you know, in the same way, the vision that Luke has in the cave on Dagobah. It's the force communicating the truth of if you destroy Vader, you're going to be destroying a piece of yourself. Say that for later. Okay. Because we're talking, that, later. talking about that later. Okay, cut this up. No, you, it can it can oh. stay. I'm just saying. Well, well I'm not, I'm not gonna say anything till later. Okay. Because I have a schedule. Give us in. Um, but no, yeah, I think it's the I think it's just the fact of the force saying, hey, here's what's happening, you know, because it's the same mm -hmm. kind of with the whole Qui Gon Jinn thing where it's like, Qui Gon didn't get anything of like, hey, here's the answer, here's how we fix everything. It's more of a. This is just the reality of it. This is it. This is the force just giving clarity to what is. It's not saying. Here's what could be. Here's how to fix it. It's more of a, no. This is just the way it is, dog. Yeah. You know, and I think. What you will. So really, really interesting. That's why we wanted to talk about it because it's just it's such an uncommon kind of, like, yeah. Let's talk about force people like Qui Gon and Darth Maul. Of course. Yeah. But General Grievous. Now that's interesting. Yeah. So anyway, but moving on to uh, a more typical conversation in, in, with the uh, forces. The bigger one, so this was one that was big for us in, mm -hmm. in that um, Darth Vader on Mustafar. Yes. And so, not going to give the whole beats of the story because hopefully you'll go check out um, Charles Soule's uh, 25 issue Darth Vader run mm -hmm. uh, because it's just worth it. It's, it's amazing. Fantastic. But essentially, especially in the last part, um, it starts this story of Darth Vader trying to uh, essentially bring Padme back. Mm -hmm. 
um, and the motivation that that's his motivation and he uses various means um, or is even manipulated to use certain means to do that mm -hmm. and spoiler alert it doesn't work yeah um, but it all centers around actually his castle on Mustafar mm -hmm. so we get the origin of his castle and the origin of his castle was to be a conduit for the force mm -hmm. the dark side of the force specifically yeah that's how all of this happens which is really interesting this concept of the force and places or the force and objects like it's it's really interesting that something like as big and weird as the force could be focused or centered on yeah. Something as insignificant as a castle or an object or a yeah. mask and stuff like that. Like, I mean, the reason that Dagobah is so overgrown and, you know, swampy and just filled with, you know, plants and wildlife is because it's full of the Force. That's explained in the episodes that we get with Yoda. Was it? Yeah. Hmm. I caught that. Interesting. Heck yeah. I listened, dude. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, the Jedi Temple on the Thal's farther away from the city. It's just in nature. Mm -hmm. Huh. Octo. It's just, you know, it's, it's a cave. Interesting. So there's connective tissue between life... Oh! So, between, mm -hmm. like, life and nature and the light side, but with... I mean, I wouldn't categorize the castle or Mustafar as life and nature. Yeah. I mean, actually, a lot of death happened uh -huh. to make that castle happen. I mean, look at Mustafar. What happened there and everything. Look at Malachor. Mm-hmm. I mean... A lot of desolation. A lot of desolation. All, like, no life can grow there. I mean, yeah, lava, like, that's a resource, but there's no life there. And it's even specifically, um, you know... We see it visually in the uh, Mortis episodes. Mm -hmm. When oh yeah, the when life, the dies, death, yeah, and when the daughter oh. dies, all that life just goes away. Goes away. That's really interesting. That's an interesting yeah. connection there. Um, Thank you. So it just that just reinforces though that where this castle is and all this other stuff that it, it is closely tied to the dark side. Yes. Which is interesting because I think that has to do with why we see what we see. I don't think I don't think we can take everything in this as literal mm -hmm. only because it's all being passed through the dark side. Like yes. you know what I mean? Like do I think it's still the force? Yeah. I just think that it's it's the force from a certain point of view. Yes. Because it even says that in, in Invader's vision there's a point when our perspective he, he hears the quote from Obi Wan our perspective de depends greatly on our point of view. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what's in interesting because at that point in his vision, his castle turns into the temple. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of those things where it's just like, it, it's all about what's being presented and how, I think. And so, um, still, still going to talk about it. Yeah, there's a lot of fantastic <laughs> visuals in this comic. Well, and that's the thing, like, there's... The dialogue in this issue, it, and this is Darth Vader 25, that's mm -hmm. the point where we get the vision. Yeah. That's the culmination. There's not a lot of dialogue. The dialogue that is there is just quotes. Mm -hmm. It's You're just hearing 
quotes and, and sayings and phrases from throughout Anakin's yeah. life and past. Yes. Past it. Yes. Uh, or beyond would have been a better way to put it. Well, um, so it's really, it's really interesting. But um, yeah, so stuff like that's where it's like, as you're seeing things, you're also, you know, in, in the guise of the comic, you're hearing things. So it's, it's very, very visual, but it, like what really throws you off is the lines of dialogue in there too, because it's like, it affects how you then see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be really interesting to have just a, let's just have an issue of 20, uh, Darth Vader 25 where it's no dialogue. Yeah. Take all of that away. Have someone see this comic and then give them the one that has the dialogue. Yeah. I'd love to see how differently it can be interpreted in that way. Oh, absolutely. So, but, but yeah, so we're dealing with a lot of dark side energies and, and, and whatnot. So, but the big thing is... So, when Vader uses his castle as the conduit for channeling the Force in this way, mm -hmm. something happens that seems to suggest that he's entered another realm. Mm -hmm. So much like we talked about with Grievous to where he kind of passed into this different place where it's just kind of like surrounded by the Force, mm -hmm. Vader seemed to do a very similar thing. Now, one really cool part of Charles Soule's stuff with um, the Darth Vader comics is very early on, he shows us what it looks like internally for Darth Vader. Yes. So we see a lot of Vader meditating, mm -hmm. and we see what it looks like. Um, or we see, I guess, what it looks like inside of his head. I guess. And what's interesting about this is it's the same way that it looks in his vision here mm -hmm. so basically it looks like this just figure of a person you know it doesn't look like Darth Vader it doesn't look like Anakin it just looks like the figure of a person mm -hmm. what's really cool though is all of his exterior limbs all of his yes. arms and hands are just black whereas the rest of his body's red so it's one of those things where like they're dead they're not connected to the force it's really interesting it's very interesting but um that's the same figure we see when he's meditating as when we see mm -hmm. that he is in this realm. Yeah. Um, and there's an incredible, beautiful uh, panel that was your uh, your background for a long time of Vader. Oh, no, it's well, it's um, still the... Oh. Your phone's right there. <laughs> my phone's right there. Uh, yeah. It's still... Uh, it's my... Uh, unlocked wallpaper. Yes. Yep, it's still there. It's Insert my favorite panel here. from. It's it's my, yeah. I'll I'll throw it in, but it's it's my favorite panel of any Darth Vader comic. Yeah. I love it. Um, and so it's the same Vader between two. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, is this all in his head, or is it literally another place? Because mm -hmm. the only thing I can associate this with is to kind of pull a Twin Peaks vibe of, it's like the Red Room to where it's there, but it's not there. Kind yeah. of like, it's a, it's a plane within planes. It's a another place. Um, it's really interesting. Yeah. Because he interacts with this place. He interacts with this world around him and visions of people around him. So it's, mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it's like nothing we've seen in the, usually when the Force works, yeah. it's, you almost interpret it as a, you think it's there, but it's not there. Yeah. Whereas this feels there, in a way. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of incredible... I've said it before, there's a lot of incredible visuals in this comic. One that I think of specifically is one that made me very excited Mm -hmm. because it could be taken as a confirmation. Yeah, Yeah. so... um, And and that's stuff we're going to talk about. So, like, again, so... Much like the dialogue, the visuals are journeying through Anakin's life. Mm -hmm. Leading up to a point where he has a decision. Yeah. And so... A lot of the interesting stuff is interpreting what he's seeing here. And so um, going on throughout, uh, it deals with those things. And so we see uh, Palpatine with Shmi. Yeah. Uh, And we see, so that same look that makes up Darth Vader's force realm personality is uh, swelling around in her pregnant belly. So it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, Shmi only had... Anakin, obviously, but it's it's showing like that's you. Mm-hmm. What's really interesting is with like Palpatine's with her in that scene. Yeah. Now, again, that's your visual, but then it's got dialogue over that. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool is the dialogue. Um, it shows different clips from different people when referring to Anakin. Mm-hmm. Um, so one was uh, Shmi's own when she's talking to Qui Gon. Says there was no father. The next is unnatural from uh, Palpatine's own lines from episode 3 when he's talking about creating life you know the whole quote is that some think that parts of the dark side are unnatural they're not wrong they're just unnatural Mm -hmm. and then there's one I assume must be from Obi-Wan and it says the chosen one Uh, and they're all referring to Anakin in different ways yes you know Shmi's very just motherly it's just you know, my son kind of way, but Palpatine and I'm assuming Obi-Wan's are interesting because it's the two perspectives because unnatural in the sense of conceiving a forced child? Yeah. Maybe? I have been... Okay, go ahead. I was just going to say, when you take the line of dialogue, there was no father, unnatural. Like, you're meant to put those two together and kind of like... Wait, what? Yeah. I have been in the camp of thought for a long time that it was Palpatine that uh, manipulated the Force to create Anakin. Mm -hmm. I have not been quiet about that because I think it's a really cool idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And when I first read this, I kind of thought, this could be a confirmation of that fact because he looks like he's manipulating the Force. Yeah, he's got his little Force fingers out. Yeah. Um, I think that would be a great... In my opinion, that would be a great, you know, mm-hmm. reveal at some point. Well, and what's interesting, and this is a good conversation to cover all, is like, so in this moment and in many more, do you, how much do you think is the Force communicating to him, and how much is him interpreting the Force, if that's, that makes sense? That's what makes me hesitant to say that this is a confirmation, because right. it could just be Anakin's afraid that this happened. Right, this could just be Anakin his own insecurities being emphasized by the dark side. Mm-hmm. We know the dark side emphasizes characters' flaws and insecurities. Yeah. So this could just be the dark side poking at him and saying, this is you. You're unnatural. You're supposed to be the chosen one, but chosen for what? Like, all of this stuff yeah. to where it's like, it's just pad- padding on this, I'm not normal, I'm, I shouldn't be this way. Like, it's just, it's yeah. real. But it, it could also just be a communication of, 
this is where you come because this is the first thing he sees and then he journeys through life because after this the fully grown uh, Vader ethereal plane uh, guy turns into Annie he turns into little Anakin yeah and then he's walking through the events of his life and he turns into you know attack the clones Anakin then he turns into Jedi Anakin and so, so you see him growing through so it's one of those things like this reverts him back all the way to the beginning of his existence stuff that he has been pushing down for years yeah because we're not just taught we're not just I mean we're not just talking about Anakin yeah we're talking about Vader who has sworn off of yeah. this guy for almost 20 years Anakin's like he, dead he has reserved himself to Darth Vader. Yeah, this is I, I, that's not me anymore. This is not my life anymore. Mm-hmm. Like he's doing everything he can to throw that stuff away, and yeah. so to journey through that, I get that. That's where it's like the dark side is just hammering in on, you know, this is this is you. This yeah. is what made you you. Um, and so there's some interesting other ones, but really it's mostly just a it's more emotional in sense in the sense of you're seeing Darth Vader experience these moments that made Anakin Anakin as a character. Yeah. Um, but it culminates when he decides to enter um, the what was his castle, but turns into the temple, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, he kills off a whole bunch of Jedi to get into the temple, which is really interesting, um, including Yaddle. Yaddle was there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all visions of course but yeah. um, there's all kinds of dialogue going on around this but what's really cool is there's this multi-panel part where he's just slaughtering Jedi and in every panel that he kills Jedi there's a one word dialogue and all of it comes down to let kill the past and then it ends with him and all the bodies around him and says kill it if you have to and so that's that exact stuff of this is Vader killing himself who he was and all, all of that other stuff, that Anakin stuff. Yeah. So th- this is him actively trying to get rid of that part of himself. Which makes me think, where did Kylo get that quote? Well, that's the thing is, as much as... So, again, it's written dialogue, but when I yeah. read it, you know, when I read Unnatural, I hear Palpatine. When I read Chosen One, I heard um, Obi-Wan. When I read that, I heard Kylo Ren. Yeah. There's nothing that says it has to be just in his past. Mm-hmm. So that's what's interesting. It's is so interesting. We're getting into legacy stuff to where it's like, this is passing on. Like, e- the Force is even communicating. Like, this yeah. is what's ahead of you, dude. It's like reading this comic for the first time, because right after you read it, you just handed the iPad to me and said, read. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> like you got to do this. Yeah. Um, and so... It, but yeah, so it's really just, it's really interesting. It's incredible. So then he goes into the temple, and um, there he's presented with Palpatine and Obi-Wan. And they're both saying the same thing. Maybe. Maybe. See. They're both saying so, the same so thing in a different do you, way. Do you, so you, you interpret that as them saying that? I think it's... I think it's Stick to part it. of don't 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 doubt yourself. I'm not I'm not I'm not in a right or wrong stance. I'm just I'm just trying to get your opinion. I think that it it could be interpreted as what Anakin wants versus what he fears is the truth, or the light side versus the dark side mm-hmm. in representation of people that he knows, mm-hmm. or it could be a literal, you know, this is da da. Papa Palpatine, 
or the father that he had chosen. Hmm. The you went deeper than I was going. I was just trying to see who in your head you you thought the dialogue was coming from. Yeah, because they both say, I'm your father. <laughs> Stop doing See, that. I just read it as that was Darth Vader. That was Darth Vader from episode five. Yeah. So, so again, like, I mean, it it's a written medium, but in my head, I just heard it as Darth Vader yeah. saying that. Which I thought was just interesting. But no, I, I do agree in that there's a couple of perspectives to have yeah. with the dad Because the dialogue, we're talking about it and we haven't even said Like, I am your father. So, yeah. but when it's on, when you see it, when you see the dialogue, you see yeah. in, uh, Obi-Wan and Palpatine. Um, and I, I do think that there's those ways of interpreting it is they represent the dark and the light. Yeah. Who created me? Because ultimately, it's like, if the dark side created me, then I am the monster that I have become. Yeah. But if I'm the light side, if it, the light side created me, then I'm a failure because I just messed up everything. But yeah. I also, I like the perspective you mentioned of, if Palpatine did create me, does that mean I have to be like him? Or can I be like, can I be better? Can I be good? Because of yes. the spiritual father that I have in Obi-Wan. Nature versus nurture. Yeah, that's a, and that's a really interesting conversation throughout Star Wars yeah. um, because most often the one who is directly related to you is not who you're getting influence from, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Darth Vader's Luke's dad, but he's not receiving influence from him. He's receiving influence from Obi-Wan. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, that's your dad, but you don't have to be like that and stuff like that. Like, yeah, Kylo, that's your heritage, but you don't have to be like that. Yeah. And so I do think that's a really, really interesting perspective of that. Thank you. So um, Palpatine and Obi-Wan fight, yeah. and Palpatine kills Obi-Wan. So it's like this idea, what's in, okay, I love this. Because, again, if you interpret it as Palpatine represents dark, Obi-Wan represents light, the dark killed the light, supposedly. And then it's a matter of, like, Palpatine's all like, heh yay, I won. Yeah. And then Darth Vader kills him. Yes. In the vision. And it, but, but that's exactly his story. Yeah. The dark killed the light. It was victorious. But at the end of the day, Darth Vader killed that dude. He threw that wrinkly raisin down the shaft. It was done. <laughs> it was done. So it's really interesting how that parallels his actual story in terms of, yeah, the dark won, but you still have a choice. You can still do something. Not to keep throwing back to Mortis, but it happened there too. Like in a... The dark killed the light. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Unintentionally, but it still happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, yeah, the, the layers are very similar in terms of Mortis and, and with this. It's like five onions stacked on top of each other. So many layers. Yeah. Uh, it's and like so a bad haircut. So many layers. So, he gets through all of that. He gets through all of this other stuff, and he finally gets to Padme at the top of the castle. Yeah. Um, and this is what's cool, because at that moment, he stops being that ethereal, weird-shaped figure and yeah. turns into Anakin. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, Padme rejects him. Yeah. Padme says, who are you? Anakin Skywalker's dead. Yeah. And it's all this stuff that, uh, compare this to Return of the Jedi, when Darth Vader's saying it's too late for me, 
like that's that side's done that that who I was is gone I, and that really informs yeah like and that's, that's where he's getting that from exactly and that is why I have I'm of the opinion that you know there has always been a piece of Anakin inside of Vader but he effectively kills that in this moment oh yeah well it's a matter of he be- he he doesn't kill it because he believes it's dead. Yeah. He doesn't believe it's really that he th- he thinks it's there, but it's like the dark side is saying no, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah. It like it's standing in front of it and hiding it. It's like it's not here. Nothing to see here. No mm-hmm. Anakin here. Like and so yeah. and all of that mental and spiritual abuse, he gets trained into this idea of no, there is no Anakin. He effectively oh my gosh in Return of the Jedi. He effectively not only brings back Anakin by being redeemed by his son, but he kills Darth Vader, and that's why he comes back as Anakin, yeah, as a Force ghost. Exactly. And that's why when Kylo Ren is talking to the helmet, nothing is there because Darth Vader is dead. Yep. Freaking amen. <laughs> Star so, Wars is cool. So there's that victorious moment. Now let's talk about how Padme killed herself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't um, talk about it. In the vision. So in the vision. So again. Padme just straight up rejects Anakin, mm-hmm. and it it kind of speaks to Episode Three in the terms of you're going down a path I can't follow. Like yeah. you're doing all of this stuff for me, and I don't want it. I never wanted all of this. It's, I just wanted you. That's the thing. Women are complicated. Like people <laughs> think if you just listen. And so, um, this is sort of the horror imagination of those same events. Mm-hmm. This is. This is the horrific remembrance of she would rather leave me than be with me after everything I just did. Like, when you look at this, the track of the vision, he's yeah. going through everything that led him up to the decision of Anakin or Darth Vader. Yeah. And he's being presented with the fact that he made a choice and she rejected that choice. Didn't matter, like, and so she, she jumps off the edge of the castle and dies, and that in that moment he transforms back into who he is in that now in like that evil, forcey, shape figure. Yeah. Um, and so it's a matter of it. This is the consequence of his choices and his actions, yeah. and and in that moment done there's no hope there's nothing but wait but wait there's more (laughs) um trying to channel my math (laughs) so and then something super amazing happens that ends the vision off into the distance away from the castle there's just this pillar of light and vader looks at it and then slowly a figure comes into form and he rises and ignites a saber and then all of a sudden the whole vision just goes white and it doesn't take a lot to imagine and to see who that vision represents exactly it's luke he is the new hope here's the thing vader just tried again to save his wife vader tried again to do it himself and turns out he couldn't do it the whole point i think of the vision was to say you can't it's already done She's gone. She's dead. You've lost. You've done all this crap and ruined everything, and it's done, and it sucks, and you should feel bad, but there's hope. Mm -hmm. And your son, there's hope on the other side. There's still light that at the end of it all, 
overcomes the darkness. It reminded me of that great poster that is everywhere when you look up A New Hope of Luke standing, you know, with his lightsaber in the air and there's a beam of light coming mm-hmm. up that goes all the way to the top of the poster. Leia's there on his leg. I don't enjoy that Super part. buxom. Super buxom. Weird. It just, like, boobs everywhere. She um, didn't even wear that outfit. No. But it reminded me so much of that. Like, the mm-hmm. figure of Luke being a beacon of light. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Um, it's, it's really, really heavy stuff. It's really... Uh, like, yeah. It remains one of my top comics overall because yeah. of all that it manages to do. Yeah. Um, and we gotta remember, Charles Soule can't just decide to put things into canon. Like, that's gotta be... It, it goes through be, filters. Yeah. Yeah, it goes through the story group and all that. Exactly. So, they had this input. is canon. <laughs> yeah, they had... Oh, yeah, that, I mean, and that's the thing. They had input to this, and so yeah. this is... This is significant, significant stuff. It's really, Absolutely. really amazing, and I highly recommend you check it out for yourself. But, yeah. so... In the end of it all, I mean, we kind of, you know, then breaking it down and we kind of talked about the general, this is kind of the point of it all, but in the end, what what do you think came of that vision mm-hmm. for the character of Darth Vader? I think it effectively put to bed the fact that he can't change the past. He cannot, through any means of the Force right the wrongs that he had done in the past but there's hope no Mm -hmm. matter what like you like you've already said you know there's always hope for the future Mm -hmm. the sun will come out tomorrow one really interesting thing is uh when charles so was talking about the comic Mm -hmm. um he was talking about his choice because the the comic ends with one scene and it's just Darth Vader in front of his castle mm-hmm. and one line of dialogue. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now he's answering a question because Palpatine asked him, did you find what you were looking for? Mm-hmm. And he says, yes. What's really, really interesting is this is him accepting, you know, this is him accepting his fate. Yeah. This, is, this is where we see really Darth Vader being born because this is the moment when he effectively considered Anakin gone and it considered it hopeless. This is where the Vader that we get in episode six of It's Too Late for Me comes from. Because to kind of uh, counter the yes of this mm-hmm. issue, when he's first created, yeah. it's it's not acceptance. The first thing that really happens is he says no. Yeah. Ooh! Ooh, that's a parallel. <laughs> the last thing that happens is he says no. When he saves his son from the Emperor, he says no. When he finds out that he did all of this for nothing, no. And so it's really, really interesting. And that's all from Charles. So- now, I, I'll try and find something to source to where he specifically says it. He's way more eloquent than me. He is. But at the end of the day, that's the idea of the dialogue that's so stinking interesting because it's like this whole... And, and that's the thing yeah. is, when Padme in the vision kills herself, all he has to say is, no, 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 not again. And yeah. here, he, so it's one of those interesting things. Like, here in this issue, it doesn't mean hope. It doesn't mean hope. It means no, he's trapped. 
but what it does mean is that the no's that he says are even more emotional because it's like, ooh, mm -hmm. this is him saying, no, there is hope. No, this can't happen again. Yeah. It's really interesting stuff. It's really cool stuff. So um, if, you, if you've checked that out, uh, let us know what you think. Um, if you haven't checked that out, check it out and let us know what you think. Please, it's really, really, really it's interesting. So um, we're going to be on comicsology. Yeah, we're going to be getting into our comic reviews again, and that's one of the ones we're very excited to talk about more. Um, I don't know what more to talk about. Great. We kind of talked about it, but <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Maybe more time to stew on it will give us new things to think about. But we asked you, uh, you guys, we put out there on the social medias um, what you thought of issue twenty-five, and it was really interesting because there's two perspectives. Um, so one one perspective takes one side of the story and then one takes the other side mm -hmm. so Manny Constello, Constello can, can you say that I'm illiterate Castellanos thank you um, said that I think Soul's Vader run is the best Star Wars comic number 25 is theatrical and, and incredibly poetic for the character that sets up what's to come the issue starts with Vader wanting Padme back to feel that love again, trying to bend the Force to his will, but he can't. Instead, the Force shows him that what he needs is Luke's love. He just doesn't know it. It solidifies that there has always been a flicker of light inside a dark man. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like, I like that, that a lot. It's a great perspective. And so the idea here is he's showing, or uh, is that he's receiving a vision of the Force yeah. from the Force. Really interesting. Now, there's a different perspective that we get from Tumbling Saber, which is really interesting as well, and it says, This issue is mind-blowing. So little dialogue set, yet so much heavy feels. Padme, Shmi, Luke, all there to mess with Vader's head, all to our delight. Soul did a masterful job on this run. So, what I like about that is, their perspective is, it's messing with him. Yeah. It's all the dark side. It's not, it's not literal. It's not real. It's all meant to trap him in his thoughts. Whereas Manny's is much more, no, it's we can trust it. It's honest. It's 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 the force showing him that he can't save himself, but his son can. So it's this mixed perspective of it's just the force. It's the dark side. It's show, trying to teach him something. It's trying to screw him over. Like it's really interesting how how many ways there are to interpret this and um, different ways there are to take it yeah. for sure. Um, so. To kind of close out, I wanted uh, to talk. I mean, that we should have ended with that because it was so big. It was huge. But nonetheless, can't talk about visions of the force without talking about the first vision of the force. Mm -hmm. um, and so, talking about uh, Luke's vision on Dagobah. Yeah. So this is this is the first vision. Mm -hmm. This is the one that kind of set, I guess, the bar. Uh, how do you think this set up? All other instances of force visions what, what do you think this did to give us an idea of what that looks like I think it's you know a kind of introduction of force visions is cryptic <laughs> force yeah. visions is crazy force visions is going to confuse you um, but I love this scene Mm -hmm. so much it's so great mm -hmm. it and it can be interpreted so many different ways mm -hmm. like what's your take on it my take on it is i said i said a little bit a little i said a little bit of it a little bit earlier little little L little bit 
Um, you know, Yoda says, leave your weapons. Mm-hmm. You will not need them. Which ends up being true. Yeah, he throws away his weapon. Exactly. I love that. Uh, yeah. It's so great. It took me a while to actually make that connection in in terms of you you're, you won't need your weapons when you go against Vader. Yeah. And that's that's the truth of it. What does he do to save his dad? He actually throws his lightsaber away. Yeah. Which I want to know how he got it back. Like, did he, like hang on, Dad. I'll to- I'm totally going to get you out of here before this explodes, but i got to go find my lightsaber. I just want a scene of Luke just, like, rummaging around, like, I know I threw it over here, but where is it? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I see it as Luke going into a cave, facing a fear that is very much real, but is a Force vision. But then finding out that it is, you know, his face under the mask, which could be saying, you know, you will become Vader, you will, you know, you're going to fight what you fear of yourself. But what I take it as is, you know, like I said earlier, if you kill Vader, you will be destroying a piece of yourself. You will be, you know, you will be killing a part of what you want, mm-hmm. which is family. Mm. I take that. I that's what that's I take it as, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm more into the default of if you were to do this, you would become what you seek to destroy, which is a parallel to what, like, you know, what Obi-Wan says to Anakin in the end of, like, you were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them, like, and ultimately, Luke would fall into the same trap, Um, but I do like the perspective of, like, you would lose yourself if you were to do this, that's, that's still a part of that. I mean, look, look at what this kid's being told, this 19-year-old is being told for, you know, months and a year, I guess. I don't know the full breadth of time. He's being told, you must destroy Darth Vader. You have to kill the dude. You have to fight him, and you have to kill him. But I'm petting a cat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when he is supposedly, you know, confronted by Vader in the cave, it's himself. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why I... It's hard to explain. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that it's, it's interesting. And, and that's always the thing with the Force, is it can go multiple ways, for sure. Yeah. But, no, I do believe, like, you know, I, I think it's all connected and, and all... It, it all says the same thing in the instance of, if you do this, you're doing... You're going down a path you're not meant to go. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the day, killing Vader is not the solution. Yeah. Um... Which is really interesting because I wonder if Yoda knew about this, like knew what happened and knew what he experienced, like, um, you know, it, I, I just wonder because, you know, Yoda's dialogue of, you know, you won't need your weapon seems to suggest he kind of knows what's going to happen. Maybe. And, know, you know, knows that by him taking them, he's already failed. I mean, it could be that, or it could be, you know, the tradition of the master reading outside of the... By the way, we've watched a little bit further Rebels, and so we'll talk oh, about yeah. that when we get to that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Where he sends uh, Ezra into the yeah. temple mm-hmm. and just waits. Yeah. But even in that instance, Ezra has something happen, and Kanan has something happen, so it's mm-hmm. a matter of, did Yoda experience or communicate with the Force in some way to know what was happening as well? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just really interesting, because... 
Yoda still has that pr perspective of now we're interpreting you must face Vader, mm -hmm. you know, in order to be a Jedi as you got to fight him, you got to win, you know. But that kind of seems to be what he and Obi-Wan are constantly suggesting. Yeah. Is this yeah. idea of go face your father. They don't seem to say you might fight him, you might not. Maybe just try talking. To him. They don't say that. They say yeah. you got to face him. Look at what Mace Windu says in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. He's too dangerous to be left alive. Yeah. Which well, seems to be the commonality of the Jedi. Of, well, yeah, with yeah. anything in the dark side. Well, because even Obi-Wan, like when Luke's like, I can't kill my father, Obi-Wan's perspective is, well, we're doomed. Yeah. So it's the idea, like, Obi-Wan's perspective is, if you can't kill your dad, you're not going to win. If you don't win, we don't win. Mm -hmm. So the idea is, kill your dad. So it's like, that's kill your so. Dad. Kill you know, I mean, I know there's room for interpretation of they didn't technically tell Luke to kill his dad, but they kind of did. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. but it's just one. It's an interesting thing in that I just really wonder how much Yoda really believed that, or if he did really believe that, or if he knew all along that Luke facing his father would be the instance where he becomes a Jedi by not acting by not fighting like you know like i just wonder if if yoda knew what was going to happen on the death star i wonder if yoda knew that anakin had to die in order for the prophecy to be fulfilled because he communicated directly well, they, with the force he, well they seemed to neither obi-wan nor uh yoda seemed to believe anakin as the chosen one anymore true yoda believed in leia and obi-wan believed in luke so it's a matter of i don't think they even thought Mm -hmm. at that. And I mean, at the end of the day, I, balance is achieved, so does it really matter who achieved it? Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, I, yeah. I am in the camp of it's Anakin. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, without, apart from Anakin, there wouldn't be Luke. But ultimately, Luke didn't do anything but jumpstart Anakin's reaction. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So I'm, I, I, I very much believe it is Anakin. It's one of the things. Like, without Anakin, there would be no way for the Empire to come to power and without the Empire there would be no First Order. Yeah. And so all of our events match up to be like it's Anakin. Yeah, well and that's There's again where I come in to say that. No, well but that's where I come in again with the whole morality of the force in that if this was always meant to happen, is the force really the good guy mm -hmm. if it intended it to be this way. Intended hundreds of Jedi to die, intended hundreds of innocent people to die mm -hmm. so that balance could be achieved. Like, is that an acceptable cost to balance in the Force? Like, it's interesting. It's very interesting. So that's where, when you get into the territory of, did the Force mean this, or did this just happen? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting stuff. But, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, nonetheless, we know how the story ends. Yeah. You know, well, we did. Then episode seven came out. Yep. Um, <laughs> we knew how, as far as the story of Anakin, yeah. although his legacy is still having a ripple effect, Anakin's story, we know where that ends with episode six. And so it's really interesting looking back at these instances and in, in these almost clues as to his journey mm -hmm. and his vision on Mustafar, the vision on Dagobah. All of those seem to all pass towards their, this was the goal. Mm -hmm. Redemption by his son and balance in the force. So, yeah, you know, and that is why I'm of the thought camp 
that Rise of Skywalker means the Rise of the Skywalker name back to what it is meant to be, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Back to, you know, the legacy that it was. Mm -hmm. If that, yeah. And we'll see. We'll see. We got, we're, we're getting close. Maybe Kylo just gets on an elevator. I tell you, I'm like, I, you know, with work, I have to plan multiple months in advance. And I'm currently looking at uh, planning calendar all the way out to January. And when I look at it like that, it ain't a long time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it really, like, it passes by like this. And so it's one of those things where it's like every, every time that I start to feel like, man, it's so far away. I also remember like. It's no, it's not. <laughs> so it's we are it, months away. Yeah, it's it's around the corner, and and it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be intense. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be fantastic. So we're excited to talk about that. But uh, that's that's our show. That's a wrap. Well, it's a podcast. Um, but nonetheless, let us know what you guys think of the visions of the Force. Um, continue to keep the conversation going with us uh, as it relates to Anakin and Darth Vader and all of this stuff. We, we, yeah. we love, this is a specifically interesting topic, so yeah. we'd love to hear from you. We didn't even get into Ray's vision in the cave. Yeah. Which is going to be, I loved that. It was so interesting. It was so interesting. Um, but you'll have to come back another time for that. Yep. Uh, maybe part three. Who knows? Uh, we'll see what happens. But nonetheless, um, we're going to leave it there. Remember to check us out on Patreon. We're running a special anniversary offer. Next week is our one-year anniversary. And if you want to celebrate, then you can join us for a dollar a month on Patreon. Get a swag pack. Get all kinds of cool yeah. other uh, rewards and uh, benefits um, to doing so. And it's all just a dollar. Maybe a new t-shirt. Maybe. 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 So, uh, ch check out our Patreon page, see what's going on there, and um, if you choose to support us, thank you so much. That's yeah. amazing. Um, thank That's you really to, cool of you. Yeah. Thank you to Rebecca Diaz, Jim Caprone, and Doug McClure, who are all supporting us on there. That's really weird to say Doug McClure. Right. Um, he's <laughs> a good, dear friend of ours for years so the fact that he uh, believes in this and is supporting this and enjoying this that's awesome so thank you so much to everyone that gives and supports us thank you to everyone who puts up with the ads and all the extra stuff and who, who and just generally checks it out um, make sure to let other people know you love it you can like it on YouTube you can rate it on iTunes you can share it on social media so please do so tag us in it because we want to say thank you and all that good stuff and if you aren't already with us on social media get there because uh, we have fun um, and then I kind of think that's it. I think that's it. I think that's it. So uh, next week, come back and uh, look forward to enjoying uh, one year celebration with us. We don't know what that looks like yet, but it's going to happen. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We're excited. And thanks for a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not quite there, but thanks. Yeah. It's kind of crazy that we've been doing this that long. Mm -hmm. um, but there you go. So that's our episode. Guys, stay scruffy and may the force be with you. Bye.